0: If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zef and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey there, everyone. This is in Blacksburg, back with another episode of the Year of Purpose podcast. And today I'm joined by Paula Gosney. And Paula has smashed herself against the walls of life so often, yet still came out on top and lived to tell the tale. Hundreds of hours working one-on-one with others has taught her the only thing that prevents us from the life that we want is our belief in ourselves. She believes that we can build that belief and develop our sense of self so that we know exactly who we are and what we are capable of. And I took this little piece off of our website, it says, celebrate our broken bits. Look at our life's experiences and cherish it all. It is our broken bits that make us so special. And I have the special honor today to welcome you to the show. What's going on, Paula?
1: Hi there, great to be here, thank you. Gosh, that that smashing myself against the, uh, the walls of life sounds so graphic. I remember when I wrote it, it was like, Yes, that's true. And then when you hear it, it's like, wow,
0: <laughs> it, it makes it very real. I mean, that's something when I've heard people introduce me, I'm like, wow, did I do all those things?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really did smash myself. I was uh, I spent a good decade just trying to destroy this body of mine as effectively as I could. Um, I look back now and I, I think about, you know, what I how I treated myself and I'm horrified but it was it was part of the process, yeah. Yeah, and I think that
0: one of the things we could probably both agree on now is that, you know, you can be, while it might not have been the greatest experience, uh, and obviously it was a detrimental experience, I think we could both look back at everything we've had happen to us and be grateful that it did happen because yes. it got us to where we are now. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I'm curious to, kind of dive into your story a little bit and then we'll go into you know where you are now and what you've learned so I was hoping maybe you could take us back you know 10 years or so and and let us know about where you were in life and and how things were going for you and and then we'll go into you know how you got out of that sure
1: these kind of these these two stories that 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 run Together And in fact, if you, if you knew me in one of the stories, you'd just about find the other one hard to believe and vice versa, because I had this incredible um, thirst for self-harm, but also this burning desire for success and love and happiness. Um, and so I was brought up on a, on a farm in New Zealand. Um, I had a, a lovely farm life. I was sent off to boarding school very young. It was just what happened. So I was sent off to boarding school at 11. I never lived at home again from there. So I learned to look after myself very quickly. Um, when I was a teenager, I was raped. And I didn't actually have any words for it then. I, I didn't even, I never told a single soul. I just from that moment, started to hold on to a deep, deep level of shame, um, which, as I said, I didn't really have words for, but it was kind of like this other part of me was just then from that moment on set about sabotaging everything I was trying to do. And so there was this, this energetic, passionate um, young woman heading out into the world and then there was kind of this other part of me that was just cutting myself off at the knees the whole time. Um, and so on uh, the, the, the successful side of that is within, um, I was a trainee money broker in one of the largest uh, dealing rooms in New Zealand at a very young age. The only woman in the room with 30 other guys I went on to then to set up my first business when I was 20 years old, which was a bicycle currying company in Wellington. So here am I, a little 20 year old. I loved riding bikes, so I set up this this currying firm. Um, It cost me five thousand dollars to set it up, and I sold it a year later to my largest competitor for an awfully large sum of money. Wow! And so here am I, 21, cashed up, and going, okay, what do I do now? And I was drinking like crazy. While this was all happening, I was really becoming quite a um, proficient alcoholic, I would say, at a very young age. But managing to keep both these parts of my life going, um, I moved to Sydney and again this balancing act was just being maintained, I set up another business there, um, a very successful marketing company, I worked for a lot of blue chip companies, I gained gained a huge amount of experience in sales and marketing, yet the other side of me was also escalating the damage I was doing, I progressed to um, hard drugs, I was looking for the baddest and the meanest and the most damaging thing I could do to myself because I had this level of self-hate inside me which wasn't just um born out of the rape it was also then the things i kept doing to myself because of that um and i i didn't know how to heal it i didn't have the words i didn't yeah i didn't everything i turned to i now look back and realize was actually just compounding my misery um I call it the old counselling model. You know, I was with counsellors. I was, you know, I I would wake up in hospital beds after overdosing and forced into counselling. I was constantly trying to find a solution to this pain. Um, But the old counselling model, I believe is totally broken because it spends, you spend all your time reliving your past hurts. And all that does is give them more energy and and more life.
0: And Um, and I have to agree with that because I went through quite a huge struggle myself as a teenager. And I will never forget, I probably went through about five or six therapists before Mm. I landed on one that I was even willing to trust. Because the first four or five were, they were trying to get something out of me. One of them tried to you know give me something to draw or color with while i was there because it would distract me and they thought it would get it out of me that way and so mm. i completely agree that you know a, a lot of the old forms of counseling where they're trying to pull this story out mm. of you when really uh, that's not the way to help you uh to move on because you can't move on if you keep reliving it
1: do you remember at the end of those at those end of those counseling sessions you would feel exhausted and drained
0: absolutely I- I would go right back to bed
1: yeah you didn't feel hopeful and like okay what where are my tools where is my toolbox it was just this feeling of exhaustion and like oh my gosh I've gone back here I'm right back here
0: and that's on top um, of the medication that is you know tiring you out and you mm -hmm. know they were giving me tranquilizers and things that didn't it didn't fix the problem right it's kind of like have you ever seen a screaming kid who you know scraped up their knee and you put a band-aid on it and all of a sudden like they stop crying because you know it's better but you still there's this whole healing process that still has to happen for a longer course of time it wasn't just this 10 second hey here it's covered up it's gone yeah
1: Yeah. exactly yeah totally absolutely so something
0: that came up for me while we were talking about that was that we're seeing a lot more of this and just take for example Robin Williams the famous actor and comedian Mm -hmm. you know he was depressed for a very long time uh you know had his own struggles with with I think perhaps alcohol if not drugs Mm -hmm. um but how was it that he had become you know this super successful person yet inside everything is still broken that's what that's what i'm curious to understand from you and just see where your perspective is on this is how is it that he was able and and you were able to kind of push yourself to do something very successful when there was no backbone to it there was no foundation there to support that
1: i i think well these two i i do feel there's two answers to that question so I, I often think the people who are uh, I heard an amazing interview by one of the Kennedy boys who had been a heroin addict and he was talking about how he loved addicts because they were so dynamic and there was so much to them and they felt things and that was part of the reason they were medicating and I think that that often I've been called a survivor so many times there's this there's this there's this burning this life, so and so and then the, and then the other part of that so I think there is when you have that jewel that those that, that battling the demon the, the good and the bad or the desire to live and the desire to die or whatever it is I think there is still a very strong life force in there it's which often propels um, that creativity or that 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 desire for recognition or love or, or whatever those things are But I do also know that in the world that I lived in for a good decade, I had a lot of very broken people around me who did not have the love of their parents the way I did. Um, That's a whole other story in myself. But my mother was extraordinary through a time which now as a mother, I look back and I just go, oh, my gosh. You know, my mother knew I was a heroin addict. And, you know, she, when I first told her, she freaked out and, really didn't know what to do. And I remember very clearly the phone call saying to mum, I said, mum, I'm in trouble and you you can't, you know, the, you can't walk away from me now. I need you. I, I can't, you know. And she went away and I didn't hear from her for two weeks and then she picked up the phone and I'll probably cry telling you this. <laughs> I, I just about do every time. But she picked up the phone and she had spent that two weeks, <sighs> um, Going to um, heroin uh, clinics and finding out what it was all about and, you know, rather than so that she could be there, you know, I was in Sydney, she was in New Zealand and she, she could be on the end of the phone and not judge me and, and not um, make me disappear. And so I do believe in those very, very dark days there was this sense that I was loved and I wasn't being judged that really is what got me through.
0: I think that really speaks volumes to her character. You know, it, it's awful to have someone kind of, you know, stop talking to you for that two weeks, but uh, sometimes we don't realize what they're doing with that time, you know? And so to guess right off the bat that uh, she didn't want to be there for you, uh, imagine how that would have gone, because she, she wanted to be there for you 110%
1: she just she needed to learn how to be that person and so she went and got help and I you know that was the greatest gift she could have ever given me and you know there were times where I literally was choosing life over death in a very you know it was a there was a bit I call it the dark days it was about a two-year period where I really was you know going either way and it was her it was the light of her that kept me through those times and I often have friends now who came up to me and they've got teenage children and their children are struggling and they know a little bit about my background and they say what do we do Paula what do we do and I just say love them yeah that's it just love them love them sick love them addicted love them broken because that's what they need to feel and it's not I love you if you give up I love you if It's just love them. And I think the mistake
0: is that we're so used to some complicated solution, some answer that requires, you know, 25 steps just to get to where you want to be when sometimes the answer is much simpler than that
1: you are just so on the money with that and it was a dear friend of mine that said to me years later after i was clean and you know i got my my life together and i really wasn't battling any longer and i i would i talked to her and i said I, I feel like i i lost 10 years you know and I, I i i i did and she said Paula what you've gained and who you've become and that 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 you did this. You you went through that and you survived and you got clean and you did all that and celebrate that. And there's just been an incredible collection of the right people around me through that whole journey who have, have said those fundamental things, which have all been part of building that picture. And in a crazy way, that is actually... Everything that belief school is, so everything that that you know we haven't talked about that yet, but it is it is all of that learning um, and, and, and learning how to access all of those things that I wanted to then give, I wanted to create something that I could give to my 16 year old self or give to that 24 year old person or that 35 year old mom who is just lost and how how do they build that love and that belief in themselves? So share with
0: me how you ultimately arrived at Belief School because I'm sure that there was something that happened in your life. I know that you've had, you know, numerous businesses and and other roles and this is your current role. And so I'm just curious, you know, what was it that ultimately started Belief School for you and, and where did you realize that this was the best way to go?
1: It is such a, you know, I'm, um, it was, this is such an incredible time in my life. I, you know, I've done a lot of crazy and exciting and successful and not so successful things, but I have never felt so alive and passionate about, I feel everything I went through from that, that young teenager and all of that actually brought me to this moment um, and when I moved back to New Zealand and I got married and I had my two beautiful boys and I really physically healed my body, my head, my heart and my soul as I, um, as I call it, I built my third business which is a very successful um, company business where I distribute health products and part of that was is I had to develop a sales team and I started coaching people. Um, You know, I had to start sales training and all of these kind of things. And what I realized is it didn't matter whatever anyone's background was, whether they were very confident, whether they had a fabulous degree, whether they came, whatever was going on for them, the only thing that mattered was their belief in themselves. Everything else was teachable. And so I would have people come into my world, um, and so I started training on this, and I started speaking on it, and more and more people were asking me to help them with this. And it was astonishing. I had to start working out, well, how do I build someone's belief? You know, how do I actually start to show? And then I started to look back at, well, what did I do for myself? And there was this whole journey when I started to realize, you know, we talked about the old counseling model and I started to let that go and I started to get more involved in personal development, actually working on myself rather than being in that victim place. And so, you know, after hundreds and hundreds of hours and many, many courses and a huge amount of work on myself, I started to develop a a set of tools and processes which rather than leaving the counseling session where I was like drained and exhausted, I felt uplifted and that became the basis. And I started thinking, well, I'm teaching this one on one or one on 10, or even in groups of a hundred. How do I take this knowledge to one on 10,000? How can I take these tools, these things that have fundamentally changed my life and give them to the world? And then two years ago, really, Belief School's been in the making for two years. We are about two weeks from launch. Um, we've, we've, we've taken that learning and we've tried to create something. I, I truly don't think there is anything like it on the market um, because it is using a digital environment, but it is creating the three fundamental things I think we need for change. And that is recognition, accountability, and community. And we've built that into the whole program. So that is really everything I've done has brought me to belief school.
0: Very nice. And so something came up for me while you were talking about that was that uh, it sounds like you've really found your big purpose right now and your big why and what you want to share with everyone. And so uh, I've been working on a book and actually right before we hopped on this call, I think I wrote like my 40,000th word for it uh, and finished up almost all of my first rough draft. Uh, but part of this, I'm going to share with you, I had the mind map back here. And so I know you won't be able to see the whole thing, but I have kind of this, you can see, it's very uh, organized, not really. But I have this this little circle here, and I'll read it out to you so you can see it. So this circle basically is is a Venn diagram. It's four circles. And they're all interwoven. Uh, The top circle says it's something that you love. The bottom circle says it's something that you're paid for. The left circle says it's something that you are great at. And the right circle says it's something that the world needs. And so the problem is that if it's something that you love and it's something that you're great at, it's a passion. And that's great, but that's not quite your purpose. If it's something that you love and it's something the world needs it's your mission. It's still not quite your purpose. Now, if it's something that you're good at and you're paid for it, it's a profession. And if it's something that you're paid for and it's something that the world needs, it's a vocation. And so your purpose is in the middle of all that. It's where all four actually intersect. So it's where it's something that you love. It's something that you're great at. It's something that you're paid for and it's something that the world needs more of.
1: That is fabulous. Did you create that?
0: Uh, So that's been kind of a culmination of things that I've learned, things that I've researched, and, and just stuff that I've found online ever since I started writing the book. So Uh, this is something that has come from, uh, what other people have put together, but it was so Mm -hmm. important to include within this book and the story that I was Mm -hmm. telling, but it really, it makes sense in hearing what you're talking about here, uh, and with what you're doing. And so I guess I have to say that it really sounds like you found your purpose and what you were meant to do right now from your story, from the things that you're good at, from, you know, the, the difference that you want to make in the world.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, last Thursday, I was the last in the last audience to ever listen to Wayne Dyer speak. He was here in New Zealand and we were there and he was talking about what you are talking about purpose. And he was talking about when you know you're in your purpose, you get that feeling of energy and excitement. You know, I could hear it in you then as you were reading. And it's like whenever I talk about belief school and I talk about I don't even – the money, I have a whole theory on money. Money turns up where value is created. I've always believed there's enough money and it's a whole great subject to talk around beliefs on money. We can do that another time. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But he was saying when you're in your purpose, when that is happening, you, you feel it. And that is the moment where you must not put the brakes on, where you must not in any way slow down. You actually put your foot down on the accelerator and that you be brave and excited and courageous Because that is it, and he said it's. And I I, just that day, I'd been writing, I'd been editing the last draft of the school, and I'd got so excited. I'd got onto believe onto Facebook and gone, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited!" And I had that physical feeling, and that's it. And and then it was incredible to hear the the, on Monday that he had passed. But it was so he was. I'm certain he knew. I'm certain he knew. He was talking about passing the whole time through that talk. It was just such a great understanding of what he was here to do. And sorry, I've digressed completely. But
0: I, You know, I actually posted, um, I'll, I'll pull this out and find it real quick. On my Instagram, there was one quote that I really uh, pulled away from him. And uh, that really just made a difference for me. So I'm going to find it real quick. He said, with everything that it, that has happened to you, you can either feel sorry for yourself or treat that treat what has happened as a gift. Everything is either an opportunity to grow or an obstacle to keep you from growing. You get to choose.
1: Absolutely. And That is it.
0: So I uh, I think that it's amazing that you got to experience him in person. Uh, I'm sure that you're very fortunate to have done that because you're absolutely right. I remember you emailed me and said, you know, I'm at his event right now. <laughs> and then the next day or a couple yeah. days later, I saw that on the news that he had passed. So, um, yeah, it's funny how how people kind of when they've lived such a fulfilled life, I think they can tell uh, when their mission is complete, in a sense.
1: Mm. Oh, his daughter stood on stage stage and sang a song, We Are Light. It was this no accompaniment, nothing. It was just absolutely beautiful. And he was just, I just thought, um, what an incredible gift for her to have been, to sing that to her father only days before he leaves. And that's what he believed. He believed that we were all light and that we're all connected. Um and the more work I do in this area, the more I allow myself to feel. I was such a science, logical girl. Everything was very black and white. I was a farmer's daughter, you know. But the more I allow myself, you know, to, to just be open to this whole concept of connectivity and, and energy and, and delving into quantum physics, it just makes so much sense. Um, you know, a couple of the books I've read this year, which have changed my world, have been all around the biology of belief and quantum physics, and really it starts to make sense of, of what we're trying to do. Very cool. And 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 we we touch on that in belief school because it's the things I discovered is that I had been so focused on myself. You know, my pain, my story, the fact that I was a victim, I, I didn't know I was, I didn't mean to be, but I was just consumed in this place. And when I got out of there and I actually started focusing on other people, on gratitude, on contribution, on, on what can I do, everything changed. Hmm. You know, it, it just literally started, the pain started to fall away. And I didn't need this great psychoanalysis. I just needed to, to be in this world and take the focus off me and and onto ha- what can I do. So. So
0: I think an important thing there is to realize that, uh, the change happens when you start to give to others. As odd as it sounds, you know, wherever you are in life, whether it's you need mo- money, whether it's you need a job, whether it's whatever you need, if you're focusing on what it is that you need instead of what it is you can give to everyone else, you're going to miss out on the world providing you with what you need because that that's just how it happens is when you... It's very odd and it's it sounds so weird to say it myself only because I mean I've experienced this it's I have uh-huh. had, it works <laughs> yeah and and as a freelancer because as you might know my full time is I run a video production company, I have had months where I get to the next month and I'm like I have nothing on the schedule. I have no clue where my income is going to come in from. It, you know I might as well just give up. And when I stop thinking about that, and when I start to realize, you know, I built a successful business, I have a lot of clients and friends and family and people that care about me, I will never be stuck without a home or a roof over my head, it, literally within a day. Uh, for some reason, it always comes in threes for me. I will get three client, whether it's email, phone calls or referrals, uh, that will happen the next day. And it's never because I'm asking the world for it. It's because I'm letting go of the fact that I have no control.
1: That, that is, that is it. I've just, my blog that was just released today is called the unbelievable lightness of being of giving. And it is exactly that moment. You must read it. It's a little short blog. And it talks about when you give expecting nothing in return, the world steps up to meet you. You do. You access the abundance because when you have an abundance abundance mentality that there is enough, there is always enough. You know, there's trillions and trillions of dollars flying around this world. It's not loyal. And all you do once you access that whole thing, then it turns up. Whereas if we have a scarcity mentality where there's not enough, we shut that all down. We don't access the abundance out there. And I talk about um, giving getters in my blog. People who actually give only to get and they think they're giving but they're actually not. They're still giving to get and then they don't get to access all of that abundance Mm -hmm. because it's actually when you are being that person. That's when, as you said, it just turns up. The world provides. It is extraordinary. Yeah,
0: and I I would say we're both living proof of it. Yeah. So tell me, where does belief school start? What is it that uh, people are looking for when they will find belief school? Uh, What is it that belief school will help people discover um, and and kind of how does, how does it work? I, I think that one of my questions is always when someone comes to me and says, you know, this is what worked for me. How do you show them that this can work for anybody?
1: Absolutely. It's a great, so belief school is part of a process, you know, change and personal development as you and I both have been discussing is a journey. And it is part of that journey. I've had so many incredible mentors and learnings and courses who have have got me from where I was to where I am now. Belief school is for anyone who is wanting to create change in their life. And it is the fundamentals. It's the fundamental building blocks of those components that you need to put together to start creating and create a practice in your life. So on a um, practical level, it's an eight-module interactive course it's not like anything out there in the sense that you don't just get to sit in your screen and go okay dum-de-doo I mean there's a little bit of that and there's very little theory you actually have to take action Um, and each module as you take action you are revealed to you and that's where I believe the change the belief in yourself comes from is that as you do each module you actually get to see your own greatness I have to laugh, sorry, my dog is standing at the window, just by, he's <laughs> whining his little head off, going, why won't you look at me? <laughs> and so Belief School is, is that, it, it reveals you to you, and there's no opportunity for that. We've been very clever in setting you up to succeed, so anyone who goes through the process, is each little module, and it takes some courage, and it takes some effort, it's not just sit there and you know read a book. You actually have to have some courage. But every single module, I promise, you will feel better about yourself if you complete the module. So at each little module, you will go, ah, oh. ah, ah. You know, it's like, yeah, you just get to realize that you're enough.
0: Very nice. So it's it's different in that. I'm not just sitting here watching a video. I, I'm sitting here and watching myself change o- over the course of eight weeks.
1: Yep. And we've got some great little bits in there. So as you take the action, you get to discover things about yourself. And then we collate all that and we cr- put it into a manifesto. So at the end of the program, you have this beautiful manifesto of who you are, of what you've done and of what people think and say about you you know the positive things and that's something that you can call on in times when we go through that roller coaster of you know the ups and downs actually gosh I'm nervous or I'm frightened or I feel my relationship isn't going well we look at that manifesto and we go actually I'm actually pretty cool Mm. look at all of this love around me look at all of these things I've done just part of believing in yourself because when we come from that place that place of self-love and i know how hard that is sometimes then we access the abundance in the world then we can give more then we can contribute more so i guess the best
0: way to round this all out would be i have to ask you know you've learned a lot over the last few years and you've changed a lot Uh, you've changed a lot of other people Uh, and so you know if you could wrap everything up that you know and put it in a box and put some wrapping paper on it and a bow and just hand this off to your teenage self maybe the 11 year old before going off to school what would what would you say you know because i obviously it's a lot you know it could be books upon books of of learning and and what you've uh accomplished so far but if there was like one almost just imagine i'm going to give you an example here what if it were just like you know the size of a postcard and this was all you had to to give as that gift what would that say what would it be
1: Do you know, I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old boy. And so I am trying to do that right now with them because they won't listen to all my theory. They roll their eyes. They're not old enough to read my books. They're in action. Oh, mum's on it again. So I'm trying to actually give them that thing, that one thing that doesn't matter what life throws at them, they are going to. And how I do it is I just tell them constantly that they're enough. I just tell them that they can be enough and they can do enough and if they make a mistake, it's a mistake, it's not about them. So the behaviour can be, it's actually but who they are is perfect. The absolute way it is and that's the bit that if we could all see that in ourselves, that we can learn and develop and we can move it. But if we actually realize what we are so capable of here, can you hear him? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. That would. That's what I'm trying to give my, bo- my beautiful little boys right now is that they are perfect. And trust me, they're not. They're little <laughs> ratbags. But in here, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Well, I, I think that that would be an amazing gift
1: Well, so there's two great things happening right now. So Belief Belief School, the product, is about two or three weeks away from going live. So you can find www.beliefschool.com. That is my blog site, and that's where I've got lots of writing, and that's all been developed there, and the product will be launched in that site. So if your listeners um, and your followers subscribe there, join our mailing list, then anyone who is on that mailing list, we're going to be offering Belief School for free for the first 48 hours. Um, And so I'm not quite sure the timing around this recording, whether that'll be too late or not, or you can find me on Facebook. So Paula Gosney Belief School. Um, Those are the two best and jump on and interact. And I'd love to, you know, I'm just, I love hearing people's stories and connecting. So, yeah.
0: This episode of The Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today, the 5x life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster, the ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet, and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.